crazy world what we can do? We never stop learning. Welcome to Rita's World. We have a fun segment today. I met these people. I'm going to put my mask back down because the people I'm going to introduce you asked if we could wear our mask, and I said absolutely. So I'm going to put this back on, but I just want you to meet these wonderful, there are fans. They were walking by my house, and they said, Rita, we, we listened, we're fans of yours. They only got it on radio. They didn't know they could see it on the video or whatever they call it. But here they are, Judy and John, both Bogdanov. Bogdanov. I, I was good at, not good at this, but I want to introduce these lovely people who are neighbors and walk by my home. Dan, welcome, Judy and Dan. This is the first day of summer. I know. Happy solstice. Happy oh, solstice, everybody. Thank you. Great. And what did you say earlier? You said something about you should have put the egg on the side or something. <laughs> oh, hi, I, I'm Judy. This is my face. I shall now cover it up again. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, every equinox, fall equinox and uh, spring equinox, uh -huh. I will take an egg. Uh -huh and turn it onto its fat side and <laughs> then balance it standing up. And you can do this all day, 24 hours on the equinox, any time during, uh, during so, that day. So that is proof that this is not just a folk, phony thing. Yeah, because I have tried it on other days and I haven't been able to do Amazing. it. Amazing. So. Now, I never heard of that before. That's great. <laughs> I usually post it and then I give my friends a, a um, a little contest to see who's going to do it this year. And once in a while, I get somebody who's game and they'll How do it. But on, but on the solstice, does it, have you ever tried to do it on the solstice, not just the equinox? No, I just joke that on the solstice, you should lay it on its side. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what they do all the time. <laughs> or make a fried egg. So, John, now you write comic books. Well, I, I draw them. I write them sometimes, too. Uh, but I'm probably most known for, for okay, drawing. Okay, show your face first so they see who you really are. There you are. Oh, boy, <laughs> you're handsome. Good nice looking. Nice to see you again. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. But I feel like I feel like we should wear these. I mean, I know that nobody here has has uh, uh, the but coronavirus, but it feels like um, a good example. I, I exactly. If y'all can hear us, I mean. Yes, of yeah. course. And we talk loud. Yes, we, <laughs> we project and enunciate. We're all theater stuff. people here. That's so. right. Okay. Oh, I right. messed you up there. All right. There we go. Okay. So, I made this one, by the good way. For you, you can tell what I made it y from. Yes, in the in the early days of the pandemic, you yeah. you you couldn't buy any masks. Of there was a shortage no. of them. Right. So Judy sacrificed one of her bras. <laughs> <laughs> I made two um, of them, of course. Just, oh, she made two masks. It, it fits now, my is face that perfectly. So, yeah. what, right? Being resourceful. So, okay, now go ahead, John, about what you do and everything. You're well, uh, I'm, a, I'm a comic book artist. I've worked for uh, mostly for DC. I, I was also at Marvel for about eight years. Uh -huh. uh, at Marvel, I I drew uh, the Fantastic Four versus the X Men, which was a lovely miniseries back in the eighties. Uh -huh. um, I drew a little bit of Spider Man. I uh, drew some X Factor, um, and I drew and then wrote for several years a lovely book called Power Pack, mm. ah. which was Marvel's uh, group of of children superheroes. 
children's what? Superheroes. Oh, they were, superheroes. They were, only, they were only, the only superheroes in the Marvel Universe who were kids. Oh, oh, great. And they were actual kid kids. They weren't like, you know, so that teen titans. Children they were too. kids. Uh, yeah, well, we had actually that book had fans of all ages. Did you? Um, we we had, uh, you know, we, I have thirty-year-old uh, people coming up to me saying that they read it when they were five. Good. <laughs> um, and and are now reading it to their kids. I, I was actually on a power. Well, I'm no, I was listening to. You. I'm going to be on a Power Pack podcast in about a week, I think. Mm. Um, some fellows up in. Oregon, I believe, have a have a pod, podcast devoted to Power Pack. Oh, how nice! Um, and and uh, one of the hosts brings his little uh, five year old daughter on the show from time to time to read the lines of the youngest Power Pack hero. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's that's great fun. So it's still it's still a book that's read and enjoyed. Great. Um, and has and has a following. But I think probably what I'm best known for doing is uh superman i do that's what's your shirt yes this is this is one of mine this is my um i i i've done a lot of what they call licensing work which is the the artwork that appears on toys and games and lunch boxes and t-shirts and stuff like that. so you get a residual like that no 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 life is not fair fair. no no no, this stuff is not is not uh uh residuals but Um, the comic books are, fortunately. Okay. Well, there's um, some good out of yeah. this. And, uh, and we, in, in the early 90s, we uh, did sort of a landmark when we were doing Superman. And that, uh, well, we did several landmarks. Um, uh, the most, the biggest probably being that we killed him. We also brought him back. He got better. Oh, good. But <laughs> he did leave us some money in the will oh. and, and didn't ask for it back in, again in, when in he the, came in the alive. Form of, in the form of residuals. Is that right? Uh, oh, well, Sorry. I mean, um, the team that I was lucky enough to be part of, we actually uh, restored Superman from being an uh, almost forgotten character who was not selling very much oh. at the time. Uh, back to, you know, in the 1940s during the war, he sold in the millions. Uh-huh. And we're the first time uh, he sold in the millions since was, oh. was and us. What, what age, I mean, what date was that that this got going again? Oh, 92 okay. uh, was the death of Superman. And and uh, I was on the book uh, in, into 1998. Okay. Um, and so we we covered the death. We covered his return. We uh, covered his marriage to Lois Lane, his wedding. Oh! Uh, after all these years. Oh, how nice! You know, comics have have sort of superheroes have sort of become our modern equivalent of, you know, the Greek gods were oh. to ancient Greece. They've become our mythology, oh. because all the all the best superheroes are sort of. Um, a metaphor okay. for something uh, in real life. Okay. For instance, you, usually you, teenage boy angst. Yeah, a lot for the of the longest time. Yes. But now hopefully, it includes girls too. Hopefully, oh, good. finally. Well, it's actually it's a good time to be in comics, particularly if if you are uh, um, minority or female, because oh, the boy. industry is finally waking up 
that, you know, for 80 years, they've been concentrating on the juvenile male power fantasy, ah. uh, which was what most superheroes are based on. Ah. Uh, and they suddenly realized that, oh, there's a much bigger audience. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> you know? Um, so there are, there are... It actually started, what, about 25 years ago with an organization called Friends of Lulu. You know, the little Lulu cartoon. Yeah. So this organization, Friends of Lulu, was really trying to uh, open up the world market for women okay. in comics. And Friends it was actually pretty successful. But the real, the real change is, is um, the more recent part of that change, is, uh, you know, it's really down to the millennials. Okay. Who are yay for the millennials? They're they're really they're the greatest generation oh, since yes. the greatest generation. I you know? agree. They they uh, uh, I I get annoyed when people uh, slag on the on the millennials because oh. all the millennials I know are the hardest working. Oh yes. The most dedicated. Oh yes. Uh, uh, the the uh, hardest to you know they don't. They are very skeptical, which means they they tend more to be critical thinkers, uh -huh. which the world needs now. And, and the Gen Z right behind them too, like those six girls yep. in where Tennessee this week, who they six teenage girls just within a week they had like ten thousand marchers in a protest. Wow! With them. the girls, power to the women. Yeah. So uh, so things are. Changing, but I'm really glad to to have gotten into comics when I did. I'm very glad to have, you know, uh, left my mark on nerddom. Uh, and uh, and you know when I, I mean when I was a kid, um, and and you were starting out in Hollywood. Yes. Uh, I used to watch George Reeves on television. And. Um, you know, the show is terribly dated now. George Reeves played Superman back in the 50s on okay. TV. And, uh, and the show is terribly dated now. But for me, he was a very important, influential role model. Okay. Because there's something very uh, paternal about Superman. Uh -huh. And you know how we were talking about how superheroes are our modern myth? Right. Uh, so you're familiar with the Hulk, for instance. Yes. The Hulk is a metaphor for uh, for um, testosteronic rage, basically, and the struggle that men have sometimes to live with anger without being bad. Ah, um, the the X Men is about being a teenager, because in the Marvel universe, if you are a mutant, uh, when you reach puberty, you develop superpowers that make you strange and different and sometimes weird looking and usually scary to this uh, to the straight uh, people. right and you become sort of a, a an outlaw because uh -oh. there are there are uh, forces in the marvel universe who who think that mutants are bad just like there are people in our universe who think that teenagers are bad i see so so it's it's so the x-men are very much a metaphor for for puberty basically uh -huh. um and Good. and Superman is, uh, I've always found, is really a metaphor for uh, the struggle of average people to be good parents and good Yay. citizens. Um, yeah. And that's what he's and that's what he's always meant to me from 
Gosh. from the earliest days. And and I I think that's how I think that's the path we brought him back to when we were working on it. Do you people have children? We have one grown son who lives across the fence from us. We have a, a duplex with two houses. How lucky can you be? Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. It's like our every dream of our life. Oh. Yeah, he's, and he works at home now in the pandemic. He's a director oh. and a writer, so he does everything from his computer now. <laughs> we see him all the time. And you are a writer, and you do writing also, Judy. Yes, I do. Tell me what kind of writing do you do? <clears throat> well, um, I've, I wrote some comic stories uh, back mm -hmm in the day um and uh, i even drew one of them for you didn't i yes you did no. yes Good. you did and uh i'm sort of like i'm a sagittarius with <gasps> neptune in the first house so i go from thing to thing oh that's wonderful that's <laughs> yeah, a you fire sign and, and um that's a fire sign that's my rising sign and you're a philosopher of all people well, yes, and somewhat. So I've, I've done a lot of things. I was a teacher for 24 years okay. in New York City. Wow. And I, I did my share of singing back in the day until I realized the public life was really not for me. No. I loved doing it. I yes. loved being out on the stage. Yes. I loved, you know, it was wonderful chance to, to be someone else for a while, but I hated auditioning and I hated having to interact with, you know, sell yourself out. Uh, uh huh. Uh -huh. I know, had that same uh, problem. So I, I stopped doing that, but then I got into writing music, <clears throat> and I wrote, uh, there was one off-off-Broadway show that I did uh, with a partner who unfortunately was one of the early AIDS uh, uh -oh. victims, so yeah. that was kind of the end of that for a while. But yeah. um, I've written, <clears throat> excuse me, I've written a... Um, illustrated children's book, which I'm still hoping to get published, and oh. now I'm working on the sequel to that, which is uh, what's a chapter a, book about some about? octopus under the sea who uh, gets taken to a lab and finds out that he and the human have some means of communication with each other. Ouch. So I'm hoping it'll be groundbreaking in the way we think about octopuses. <laughs> well, that's lovely. I love it. It's a very positive uh, book, very positive. Yes, that's what I hope it to be. A little bit educational, but more entertaining. Oh, of course, well. of course, of course. Well, I'm so glad that you said you'd come and visit me today with the, you know, the virus going crazy, but, and it's getting bad again, isn't it? In California and all over. Well, yeah. there, I mean, I think we're, you know, we're in it for the long haul. It's, oh, yes. It's, at least a year. At least yeah. a year, and, at and, least. and very likely two years. Probably. Um, if you, I can handle it, can't you? I can handle yeah. anything. I mean, for freelancers, there's not that much of a difference. <laughs> you're home all the time working That's anyway. I'm pretty, much, I'm pretty much always on lockdown because I'm always That's at true. my desk drawing. That's true. Um, but, uh, I mean... We miss being with our friends and our family, right. you know, we well, Zoom Well, that's why things. I have these things. And yesterday, I had a little dinner party at 4.30 in the afternoon, and my friend Lisa G., she's the acupuncture lady that was on my show. She's had a lot of viewers. Well, she brought all this wonderful uh, Mexican tacos and refried beans and salad, and Ooh, we sat, and it was all outside, and we sat away, we had the best time. Oh. We had so much fun and we were laughing and we needed that. Everybody yeah. needs to see friends, you know. I want to hear your That's story true. of how you went from being 
in the movies, an actress and a dancer, how you came to hanging wallpaper. That seems like a really It's a big stretch, step. isn't it? Well, I gave up the movie business when I came home one day. My little boy is in two, two and a half or something, or three, I don't know. His diapers were hanging down. My husband would, we didn't have money in those days. And I didn't make a lot of money, Seven fifty for a week. You know, you can't go too mm. far in that. But I came home and I said, you know, I asked God, the universe, for two children, and I am so blessed. I said, I can't come home and see my little boy with these diapers hanging down like this. It just broke my heart. Mm. I'm too sensitive. Mm. I said to my husband, Doodles Weaver, mm -hmm. I said, Doodles, I'm going right in. I'm going to call Mr. Sid Gold, and I, I cannot do this. I can't come home and see my kids. I said, I'm going to give it up and I'll go back. I called him. He said, they'll never take you back. And he was <laughs> right. When I was 40 and the kids were older, mm -hmm. I wanted to go back. I still kept my SAG after an AGVA card, mm -hmm. honorable withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So if I have had a chance, I could go back. They'll never take you back. And he, he was right. At 40, I tried to get an agent and I did get an agent. Mr. Greenberg, but I didn't get any jobs. And so I knew the writing was on the wall. And my husband at that time had some problems with drinking and blah, blah, blah. And I had to go to work. So what could I do? My girlfriend was a waitress at the Brown Derby in Hollywood. Oh. Mm -hmm. I said, Pat, do you think I could be a waitress? Of course you could, Rita. You were an actress. You've done dancing. You've why? So I said, well, would you teach me? And she'd come into the kitchen. She taught me how to carry a tray, how to bend down, not to drop. I mean, we had fun. So she got me an interview at the Brown Derby. You see, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters how you do it and that you have mm -hmm. pride in yourself, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And I said, this too shall pass. I said, I'm not going to be a waitress all my life, but I can sure keep my house and my two children in a private school, Highland Hall, wow. a creative school. So I said, whatever it takes. And I would say to people, if you want to go home early, I'll work the late shift. I would always, I'm always trying to pick up a buck, you know, sure. <laughs> trying to, and I p never missed a house payment, water and gas or phone and kept them in a good school, but they were nice to me. They gave me a scholarship, two for the price of one. Wow. Oh, that's nice. Because see, I have a way about me. I shouldn't yeah. say that, but <laughs> I have a no, big smile. we do, we all know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to. This is what happened. I'm working at Sorrentino's. Now that's in Burbank. Did you ever remember? It was on Riverside and Pass Avenue here in Burbank. So my legs swelled up and I went to the doctor and the doctor said, uh, how much, how many hours are you on your feet? Oh, mm -hmm. I say I work the lunch shift and the dinner shift. He said, um, you know, you're getting older. You can't be on your legs that many hours a day. You have to give up one of those jobs. Oh, yeah, because then I was wallpapering. That's what I, I gave it. I was wallpapering in the daytime. I did the night shift. That's what. So I said, okay, I'll. I'll I'll give up waitressing and I'll become a full-time wallpaper hanger. Well, a girlfriend, Connie, Connie Brown, a dear friend, 
she said, Rita, you should call yourself Rita Green, the wallpaper queen. <laughs> I said, oh, Connie, I would never call myself a queen. <laughs> oh, no. Well, now I'm getting older, right? Now, this is, I started in 64 hanging wallpaper. Now, so, did someone teach you or you just learned on the job? Frida Beach, the lady who taught me everything. In Burbank on Screenland Drive, we had a house there. Two bedroom and I had a boy and a girl, so we had to get a bigger house. But I was there five years. She taught me to wallpaper, to reupholster, to sew. Oh, to I could make men's jackets. Wow. Oh I mean, uh, tailoring jackets. and sewing. Wow. And she taught me to can, but I don't do canning. And to bake a little bit, I don't do that either. But those things, and she said, read up. I had a little guest house in the back. We didn't put it in, but it was there and it was ugly. I said, I'd love to put some wallpaper, cover it up like grass cloth, something that is just none, no flowers or anything, but just to make it a little. So she's go to Standard Brand. Do you remember there was a thing on Victory Boulevard in Burbank called Standard Brand? Well, you could buy paint, you could buy wallpaper. So inexpensive for 99 cents a roll. I bought this wallpaper beige, it looked like grass cloth. I put it up, she said, Rita, Frida Beach, you have a, a knack for this. You should do this for a living. Oh, Frida, nobody's gonna hire a woman. Oh, she said, how do you know? She said, put an ad in the Valley Green Sheet. I don't know if they even have that paper. It cost me, I think, 16 or $18. It ran for a week. I got people, it said, lady wallpaper hanger, reliable, fair, neat, and clean. They called. I've been working ever since. That's awesome. Wow. Because the re the people say about it on Yelp that uh, exactly that how careful you are, how how fair, how you know beautiful yeah. job. They talked about one job where it wasn't perfect, where only the lady could tell where it was something, and you came back and you redid the whole thing. Yeah, I remember and that. Seamlessly. Yeah. I was yeah. very impressed. Yeah. Well, of course, and I take responsibility for myself and my job. I want to make people happy, number one, and I want to make me happy mm -hmm. and laugh all the way to the bank, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Sure. I want to do a good job for them, make them happy, and it, it works for me because I love people anyway. I give people the benefit of the doubt. When I say I love everybody, of course I don't love everybody. But I give people the benefit of the doubt. And then if they prove to me that I shouldn't really love them, I'll just tolerate them. <laughs> okay, so anyway, it's time for us to wrap up our little show. But I, I love begets love and always all you need is love in the world. And I want to read this one thing real quick. Dance like no one is watching. Sing like no one is listening. Love life like you've never been hurt before. And live the, like heaven begins tomorrow or today. <laughs> but that's what I want to leave everybody with. And thank you for joining. And hope to see you next time in, on Rita's World. Bye. See, world, what we can do? We never stop learning. <laughs>